This episode of the podcast is brought to you by taking long pauses in between. All I know is life on Earth is evil. There may be life somewhere else, but there isn't. How do you know? Because I know things. And when I say we're alone, we're alone. Life is only on Earth. And not for long. Sentences. <laughs> nice. Hey, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, guys, welcome back to the show. <laughs> welcome back to the podcast. I am Zach. And I'm Frank. And we're here today to talk about this film that I picked. Jesus fucking Christ, all the sounds came out of nowhere. <laughs> So now that all the sounds are gone, so like I said, we're back here now to talk about Melancholia, 2011, yeah. directed by Lars von Trier. Yes. Uh, you have Kirsten Dunst, who yep. plays the main character as Justine. Yeah. Her husband in the film on their wedding day is <laughs> Alexander Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Skarsgård, <laughs> playing Michael. You have Keither Sutherland. Sutherland, in here. baby. Yeah, 24. Love him. The whole time, it's just boom, beep, boom, <laughs> just split screen. Uh, he plays John. Yep. His wife in this is Charlotte Gansberg, who yep. plays Claire. Yep. And you have John Hurt, who plays Dexter, the father of Justine and Claire. Right. Which, I I mean, he's famous, so I put him in there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you want to... you go over the plot of this movie? Do or do, you, or do, or do you, you... That's your role. <laughs> I have my own jobs right. in this podcast. <laughs> I fucking carry this whole thing on my shoulder. Yeah, really. <laughs> what, you think I'm made of money? <laughs> I can do all of this myself. Um, so if you don't know Melancholia, mm -hmm. um, it is a movie that is kind of hard to explain. So basically the way that I can explain it in a short synopsis is you have a main character who is suffering from depression severe depression and she is having kind of just a hard time going on with life specifically her, her wedding day she just is she's like in and out so much yeah she and then it kind of is established that also while she's suffering from this severe depression and like her relationship issues there's a planet. <laughs> when you say it like that, it's kind of funny. Well, there's a planet coming that is on course to crash into Earth well, and no. destroy everything. They, they say like it, it's it's on course to like come near the Earth, but it's not really like. But it's on course to crash into the Earth. Well, yes, that is the whole thing. <laughs> um, so. And that's basically the plot of the movie. Yeah. So like when when I like looked up this film. So I because before, I before you, okay before you get into it before I try to I defend wanna, this I, I want to just I just want to say that I thought that you saw this movie and that you really liked this movie. Mm -hmm. So when I watched this movie, and you I was ready. <laughs> I was so ready to just get over this table and stab you in the neck. I, was be <laughs> like, I hate this movie so much that um, I guess I should apologize but, for this one. <laughs> but I really I'm I'm trying I'm trying to have a much more intelligent <laughs> conversation and dialogue about the issues that I had with the film and the pros that I had with the film. So what you're saying is we can never stop recording this episode because as soon as it's over, you'll stab me. <laughs> <laughs> so 
and again, I thought that you, I saw, I thought you saw this movie, so I thought that we were gonna, I thought you were gonna be defending it to like to death, mm. and then I not was just quite the like, divide, no, 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 no. but uh, you apparently have never saw this film. Is this your first Lars von Trier film? Yes. Okay. So yeah, you you explained to me that you don't really I like don't, him. So I, all right. So getting into, I don't know if we should do this now or later, but I mm. guess we'll do it now. So I don't like Lars von Trier. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a, I've seen maybe four or five films from him. I've seen uh, a movie called Antichrist with mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe. Oh, okay, yes. I've I... now seen this movie, Melancholia. I've seen Nymphomaniac Volume One and Volume Two, mm-hmm. and I saw The House That Jack Built, which is his most recent film that I think came out either last year, or 2018. Okay, and all of those movies I don't really like. Mm-hmm. Antichrist is okay. Antichrist is the one that I've seen, and that was all right. It's okay. Because Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Um, the, I just, I don't like his movies. And when you texted me and, and, I, and I said, and you said, like, why don't you like, what other movies have you seen by him? I explained that it's not really so much his films. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just more him. him. He's made some very uh, racial and anti-Semitic oh. things. He's, he said some things. Um but, you know, at the end of the day, and I guess this is kind of like the lifelong debate, mm-hmm. is separating the art from the artist. Mm-hmm. So, although I don't like Lars von Trier as a person... Mm-hmm. You don't mind I him? I can acknowledge the simple fact of, you know, if, if it, it, because I don't like some, somebody as a person, if they create something that's very beautiful or whatever, then I will acknowledge that... They did a good job on that. Now, talking about Lars von Trier as the filmmaker, I still don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't like his face. Because you don't know this because you haven't really seen many of his films, mm-hmm. but from what I can take from him, he really kind of talks down to his audience. Mm-hmm. And I think that he is very much like a narcissist. Okay. And he's very much arrogant and full of himself and he thinks that he's like the greatest gift to earth Mm -hmm. and there's multiple times in which he has taken he has literally taken shots from previous movies and then he puts them in his newest film because in his opinion it's all like one cohesive thing and and whatever and I think that he's actually a pretty intelligent man like this movie is probably the the most subtle when it comes to anything like that of what I just explained where he's mm-hmm. like talking down to the audience. But I think that he knows a lot about art and he knows a lot about history and he knows a lot yeah. about all of like these, you know, this just all of like these creative aspects of, of humanity. And he thinks that because he knows all of this, that he's like better than everybody. Yeah. And it comes across in a lot of his movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just don't like how he kind of like talks down to the, to the audience. I don't, I didn't hate everything about this movie. Neither did I. But at the core of this movie, I truly, truly believe that this was not a well-made film. So, yeah, like, at, at, fuck, like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. <laughs> so the first five minutes... Gorgeous. I'm, I'm into it. It's like I, gorgeous. Gorgeous. The music is brilliant. I think all the the symbolism of like what's going to happen through the film really kind of like sets the tone for everything. Yeah. 
And then the the big thing too was like uh, Justine laying in like the the water. river, yeah, the water yeah. with like her wedding dress on. Yeah, you mentioned art, so yeah. like I looked up Ophelia. a couple of things. Yes, yeah. Ophelia, where it was like the first recorded painting of like a depressed woman. Yeah, which at the core, this movie is less about a planet coming to hit us and more about trying to like cope with depression. Right. And we will get into that, but like the like I said, the first five minutes gorgeous. You get that that payoff where it's like the planet hitting Earth and then it just goes completely silent and then title screen. Yeah. I loved that. I thought they shouldn't have shown the the planet hitting. Yeah, just yet. I would have wanted that more like that spot instead of what we got at the end. Mm -hmm. But because I think that's your payoff. That's like the... That is the payoff. Yes. And yeah. But the first half of the film, I was very disengaged. So I was very... I enjoyed the first half of the movie more than the second half. Mm-hmm. But I was pretty much disengaged throughout the entirety of this movie. <laughs> I really was. Honestly. I know. I, I really, really was. And again, I'm not... I don't want to like shit on this and like... and. If there's things that you did like about the movie, okay. And I, I don't want to like scream and yell at you because again, I'm trying. I'm trying to be better. <laughs> trying. So, what if I call <laughs> you a bitch? <laughs> that gets you um, ramped up. <laughs> so I'm trying to be better with like expressing as to like my issues with the film. Mm-hmm. And you clearly have your issues as well. I do. So I guess we'll talk about the pros first. Let's mm-hmm. get like the things that we did like about it first. Okay. For me, there's not much. I know. I figured uh, but that. But for you, so so the first half of the film, you were kind of disengaged. I was a little disengaged, um, but overall, it's very important because it shows like what Justine is going through and like how she, on like her happiest day, is still coping and struggling with her mental illness. Yeah. So I I enjoyed that aspect of it because like throughout the first half, it's it seems an awful lot like this party is going on for fucking ever. Yeah. I thought the entire film was going to be at the wedding ceremony. So did I. I thought it was. I was like, okay, so this is it. When I looked this up, like, again, I think I read the synopsis wrong because I thought that the whole while everybody is aware that this planet is coming to collide and they're having this wedding and it just seems to be that, like, everybody's kind of depressed and, like, just kind of, like, saying what they need to get off their chest before the planet comes in. Which I feel like could have been... That could have been much better. It could have been a much better take on it. Yeah. But the 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 thing that I looked up and the thing that like I will stick by where it's like, okay, I understand the first half of the film is even though they say like, oh, like cutting the cake is at like 1130, but then it seems like four hours go by and everyone's right. still dancing. Right, yeah. It, it seems an awful lot like Justine going through depression has lost the sense of time. Yeah. So a lot of like the scenes that are being shown of like her taking a bath and then coming back and then dancing with everybody being happy and then being depressed and like going out and peeing on the golf course. We'll get to the sex part, but like (laughs) peeing in the golf course first and then coming back and then dancing with her father. It seems like time is kind of displaced there. Yeah. And I guess that's, Lars's way of like kind of showing that like Justine has lost sense of time where the whole thing of like her being happy and like dancing with everybody 
is like one chunk of the scene and then afterwards it's like her going out and like peeing in the golf course and then having sex and then going to like go take a bath yeah so it's just kind of like mixed up throughout the film Mm -hmm. so after learning that it was like okay i get more of like the mental issue of it but at the same time too it just it made for a very confusing plot yeah And then the second half of the film, you enjoyed a lot more? I enjoyed the second half of the film a little bit more because now it, what I got from it was that Justine has almost like been healed by this planet coming. Like her depression has more or less like subsided a little bit. Mm -hmm. And she's more taking comfort in the fact of like knowing what's going to happen and coming to terms with it. Yeah. And throughout the second half of the film, she becomes a lot more happy. And I think like it, it's kind of the planet is almost kind of like a metaphor for like, not so much like coping, but like finding a resolution to your problems. And she kind of just realized like she, she can beat this and she's better than this through like the planet coming. Mm-hmm. And then all the while her sister, Claire is starting to have kind of like a mental breakdown through it all. Yeah. And I I enjoyed that because it's a swap of roles because throughout the first half of the film, Justine is very much like dependent and needing help from Claire. And even so like the bath scene where it's like she can't even lift her own legs. Yeah, yeah. And now the second half of the film, Justine is almost kind of like taking care of Claire and kind of like trying to tell her like, hey, listen, like it's going to be okay. There's nothing we can really do about it. Yeah. So, in that sense, those are my pros for the movie. And then, planet hitting, last scene, that's it. Yeah. I have have a few as well. I think that the acting in this movie, specifically Kirsten Dunst, Mm -hmm. is truly, truly amazing. Yes. I think her portrayal of a woman suffering from severe depression is very, very, uh, it's like, if it doesn't feel like acting at all, mm-hmm. it's it's like, okay, this is, you know, really, really happening. And that's the thing, too. Like, I don't like Kirsten Dunst as an actress. But in this movie. But in this movie, through. yeah, she, she really showed a side that, like, I wasn't prepared for. Kind of like when we did um, Wild and mm-hmm. uh, Gwyneth. Nope. Nope. Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. There <laughs> we go. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon really like pulled out a side that I've never seen from her. Yeah. So same kind of thing where it's like I don't like her as an actress, but I think she did a really good job in this film. Yeah. And then some of the shots, like the space, some of the stills, the opening scene, mm-hmm. all of that, you know, the the space travel aspect and like the the planets and whatnot, all of that was very, very, very beautiful to like to to see. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm sure that watching it actually in a theater would have been a lot much a more powerful, much better, you know, experience, but you know, you get, you get what you get. Uh, so that's basically it. As for my pros, mm-hmm. um, I didn't love really the, the story. I thought the pacing of this movie was not very The pacing good. was very off. And that's why like, cause it starts off where it's like part one, Justine. Yeah. And then there's just never a part two. There is Claire. 
Oh, part two is Claire. I think I got up to get a cup of coffee oh, maybe. and I left it going. Like, was that when they went riding on their horses for the first time? Um, I don't know. I don't remember exactly when part two came, but it was basically like as soon like as soon as the wedding was over and then they're back at her house, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just uh, Claire's house. That's like part two with Claire. Okay. And because it really it, it really splits up the film. Yeah. Where and it's like I half and half. I, I didn't I didn't quite understand the relationship between justine and her husband and how john yeah and at the end when she's like what did you think was gonna happen or whatever and then he just kind of leaves like on their wedding day they also got a divorce i guess oh no that was michael okay yeah yeah no that's why i didn't quite understand like she she it seems as if he's a stranger almost like they don't seem to know each other that well. No. And I think that and I don't plays, know if that's bad chemistry with I, the acting or if hmm. that's just bad writing. I don't, cause like you see too, Michael like looks straight at the camera like a couple of times and almost gives like this look with his eyes of like, I'm disappointed with my character's development here. <laughs> like I got that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I guess you could chalk it up to where it's like, the characters themselves don't really know each other because like Michael knows like the sweet side of Justine, but like maybe he really doesn't know the full extent of like her depression. But I can't imagine that Yeah, because if like, again, like if you really, really like think about the movie as you know, like what's going on in this world, you have to imagine that they've been together for years, at least a few years. You know, it's very rare when somebody gets married to somebody after a month or three months or whatever. So, I mean, he has... And if her depression is this serious, Mm -hmm. then it has had to have come out at some point. Yes. And even, too, like, I don't know if, like, he immediately found out about, like... The Tom, sex. yeah, Tom, Timmy, Tony. They, they never, they never acknowledge the if 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 he found out about it or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But they just kind of have a mutual thing where they're standing looking at each other and they're just kind of like, "Well, this is it. Yeah, it's over now." And then he's like, he's <laughs> "Marriage, like, divorce in the yeah. same day." Like, All right, have a good day. And then he just kind of walks away, and then and then it's it. And then he never comes back. They never really yeah. mention him or anything. It's it it feels like two different films. That's why. That's why I say like. The way that it's broken up where it's like the first hour is a film and the second hour is a completely different film. Yeah. Because it's it's just two separate. It's two separate movies. And, and like, is this the, their house? Like Claire and John's house? I, I would have assumed so. They then don't really... why, why was it so much money to fucking pay for everything? Well, no, that was their house because in the wedding, I think that that was like the castle like hotel. And then the wedding was over. Everybody went home. Now she was staying at her sister's place. Which is the same place. I don't think it was. was no, it, it? Oh, it was, yeah. yeah. it was on the golf yeah, course. Yeah, because there was right. the golf course, there's the horse stables and everything right. like that. I don't know. So then why is he fucking complaining about how much money it was I when know. all you had to do was buy butlers <laughs> for the night? <laughs> yeah, you're right, actually. I don't... The movie was very confusing it, when it came to, like, characters and who was who. And Leo was, gave her a dagger I was, when she came I was so lost. <laughs> Here's a dagger. I was so... I don't know if it was just because I was so disengaged mm-hmm. or if it was because I just wasn't paying attention enough or what it was, but I was so confused as to, as to who her real dad was and who wasn't her dad and whose dad was And his. how many Bettys there were? <laughs> Dude, I was like, I'm sitting next to Betty, Betty, and Betty. <laughs> I was very, very confused. I was like, I don't know who's who in this movie right and, now. And he's, he's doing the spoon trick where he's putting them in his Put pocket. In his, waiter, waiter. Yeah, I, I, I seem to misplace my spoon. Yeah, I don't know, man. It, I don't know. It and, was a very... I get what 
Laws of Ontario was trying to go for in a sense, but like it just, it, I feel like it wasn't executed to the I, way that it should you know, have my been. My issue, one of one of my biggest issues is it feels as if I I, I don't want to I don't want you to get too mad at me, but I'm gonna say it. Uh, so don't punch me in the face. <laughs> but like, you picked a simil- stupid film. <laughs> no, no, no. Similar to um, Guillermo del Toro, where I feel like Guillermo del Toro f- has like two different stories going on. <laughs> Zach is moving his mic. He's gonna he's gonna jump over the table and punch me. Um, no, but similar to like so. Look, I I I've been very vocal about this towards you that yes. I didn't love The Shape of Water. Yeah. Right. There were things that I did like about The Shape of Water, mm-hmm. specifically the creature. Right. Yes. Even even in like Pan's Labyrinth, the like the fairy tale aspect of that movie is very very fun and dark and like gritty. And then there's just a whole other aspect of like war and you know like a totally different. And it feels like two separate films. And then he's trying to blend them together. Mm-hmm. Although I think that Pan's Labyrinth is Guillermo del Toro's best film. I still don't think it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like that's what this movie's suffering from. It's like. The concept, like the the main thing, is these planets kind of like coming and colliding, and then it's almost like her, an afterthought and, with the film. Yeah, and like that's kind of like a big fucking deal. Yeah, and the movie is more focused on her depression. And okay, if you wanna if you wanna focus on the depression, fine. Focus on it the entire film. Focus on, focus on it the entire movie, and. I don't know. It's just like it wasn't enjoyable to watch. Like I yeah. wasn't engaged with her because you and I look, look, I guess <laughs> it's so hard to articulate because it's like I guess in a way it actually does make sense because mm-hmm. when you are depressed, I'm sure that your relationships with with people are not, you know, great. You know, like mm-hmm. you, you are very distant and whatnot and and, and in the film, it does that very well. But from a sheer filmmaking standpoint, when you have characters that you don't really know mm-hmm. and that your main character is being completely disengaged with, they feel like useless characters. Yes. And it kind of seemed like everybody except for Claire and Justine were useless characters basically like the whole thing with like the mom and the dad like why they're divorced like, what's the point yeah and like the the boss who is just kind of like a dickhead yeah and like trying like his main speech was just kind of like weird. getting yeah weird and trying to get her to write like an article name for like something what she's working on yeah, and, and now she's whole, an art director and the whole subplot of like that guy that he brought on and he was trying to get the tagline from her and then he fired him and it's just yeah. like i don't and then she has sex with him in the middle of the thing. It's all of these like subplots that are going on. I'm just like, I don't. It's too. Care it's too about much this. at once. Yeah. And one of my biggest issues with this movie was the camera, the actual filmmaking itself. The look. I, I this movie I, was trying. This is this is my issue with Lars. Mm-hmm. One of my issues with Lars. This movie. He is. Or he wants to be a art house film director. But his movies come off like a man who is trying too hard to be an art house film director. Mm-hmm. This movie did not have a small budget. Did not he did not have like a crew of like five people making this film. This was very much 
a you know like this was a kind of like a blockbuster for him I would say yeah but he's trying to make it feel like it's not and with that when he has like the shaky cam and all the hel- I, the handheld cameras I hate it I I've never it. I've never been a fan of shaky camera unless you're doing like that found footage like camcorder right. style yeah. yeah I don't want to see shaky cam I like do- like fucking Spend the extra money and get something that's stable. Yeah, get a get a fucking stand yeah. and just move it slowly. Yeah, because it's just like look, I, I and again, I, it, it was an artistic choice. It mm-hmm. was he he did he did that on purpose because he obviously had the means of doing it because that opening act of all that slow mo and all that that's all very very beautifully yes, shot and he can do and it. He can it's do just, it. It's just I don't know. I don't. I, he just went for the artistic, or you know, air quotes artistic route of trying to do this handheld camera. And then on top of that, he has like you're you're watching one person say a sentence, and in and while they're speaking in that one sentence, there's like five different angles yes. going on. And then on top of that, there's like these like really aggressive zoom ins and zoom outs. Mm-hmm. This movie is filmed like how they film the TV show The Office. <laughs> a little bit. It's it's very similar. But then you get like really good shots where it's like when the the planet is on its way and like Claire goes outside at night and sees Justine walking and you get like on the left is the planet Melancholia and then on the right is the full moon. Yeah. And you have these really nice shots and it's like where the fuck did this come from? Yeah. Because it looks like you had collaboration and you had somebody else. It seems like somebody else was like make, like holding the camera that day. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I did not like this movie. I, I, and I, I feel kind of bad saying that because of like the subject matter that it's trying to like, yes, you know, talk that's, about. That's why, like, I, if nothing else, I think this film does a very good representation of how terrifying and also terrible somebody's depression can be yeah but and for me it's just like that doesn't make it an engaging film no and and the subplot of the planet coming really doesn't have any correlation other than the fact of like this is kind of almost like i said justine's coping mechanism Right. And that's that's literally all the planet really is. Yeah. Because she comes to terms with everything at the end, and she seems so ready. And then Leo also seems so ready. He's like, I'm, he's like, I'm in this tent. I'm ready. I'm yeah. in this teepee. You couldn't fuck it. Like, you could get a tarp mm-hmm. and make it a full tent. And, like, even that last shot of the planet coming and, like, hitting, it, it just... I w- it, it wasn't gratifying. No. It, it was not. Like, the payoff was not there for me. That's why, like, had you swapped it and done the the shot from the beginning of the movie of the planet just colliding with the earth yeah i feel like that would have been the payoff could have been that, similar to like what they did in darren Arnofsky, or darren Arnofsky, what he did a mother where it was like uh, here you we see, go again no but i'm just saying like <laughs> no, the beginning of that movie is like kind of like reversed sort of where it's like mm-hmm. a rebirth situation yeah that kind of maybe would have been a little bit more enjoyable for me where it's like the planet maybe like backing away Mm-hmm. And then you cut forward to like everything leading up to that moment again, and yeah. then you could see that planet coming at them, and they're sitting on the hill, and like it's coming closer, and then you get that like this the shot in space of the planet colliding. I guess that would have been a lot more because it even comes back too. Like they they have that stupid stick with the the, the metal yeah. thing to see like how far away it is, yeah. and like it 
it comes closer and then like five minutes later she checks it and it's like oh it's going farther away and then the next day she checks it and it's like oh it's far away and then five minutes later oh fuck it's really close yeah, again I didn't understand that like, because he was saying Keeper Sutherland was like you can't see it anymore it's like like you can't see it with your naked eye anymore and then all of a sudden the next it's day right it's there. just there and it, I, I don't know mm-hmm. I don't know man I don't think that this was a very well-made movie, and maybe, maybe I just didn't get it. Maybe mm. I'm, I'm, I'm not intelligent enough <laughs> or whatever to understand it. But the, the, the shaky, the shaky cam and the mm. editing and the zooms and all that were very, very distracting. Like yes. it, it kind of took me out. Like that alone was very distracting. And like we said too, the pacing of the it, the pacing like, of it is it, so slow. By it our, is, by our one, I'm like, all of this, all of this kind of like drama and like weirdness from the wedding could have been 20 minutes you you really could have like compacted all this into 20 minutes and then spent more time on like the depression aspect for the rest of the film Mm -hmm. rather than like an hour of just like oh here's a wedding that nobody's really kind of interested in yeah and again too like maybe had i said like before if the whole idea was the planet's coming everybody's aware and they're still going through this wedding, but everybody is kind of at the point where it's like, oh, we're going to die anyways. I can say and do whatever I want. Right. It could have made for like something a little bit more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to say that because like the meaning behind this film is powerful, but it could have it, it could have been more enjoyable. It, it just could have been more engaging. That's yes. really what it comes down to was I was just very, very disengaged during mm-hmm. this film. And I think that, again, yes, the subject matter is is it's a it's an intense subject matter to to you know try to talk about and try to sh- visually show but i think it was just done in a way that it was boring <gasps> and that's my issue <laughs> it was boring no but this is out of all the podcasts that we've done so far this is the first one where we both we both agree on not liking it <laughs> yeah, except for like when we did the tri- like the awful awful movies like on purpose yes um but yeah i mean yeah, I'm glad that you didn't like this because I was gonna, I was gonna, you were gonna stab rip you, me but... to shreds. <laughs> no, like uh, I, I wanted to like this. Yeah, I really did because like the first five minutes really led me to believe that it's, it's like okay, this is gonna be something. And yeah. like after that, I was like, oh, Frank's gonna fuck me up <laughs> for picking this. <laughs> I was originally gonna go with RoboCop. I know. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I was just disappointed in this movie and. It's just just how I am with most Lars von Trier films. I just he always just kind of disappoints me. The only one that I that I liked the most was um, the house that Jack built, mm-hmm. which you might actually like. But I would say that again, it's more it's it's similar to this where it's like for me the first half of the movie was a lot better than the second half of the movie, and and I don't know I don't know. It's just. He just isn't the director for me, I guess. He's just not the filmmaker for me. I know there's a lot of people that absolutely love him and, you know, praise him up and down because he, they think that he's just so intelligent and whatever. Mm -hmm. And he makes these super thought provoking films and blah, 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 blah. And if that's what you believe in, then fine. So be it like, that's your director. You enjoy him, his work. Great. He's not for me. No. And And you know what? That's fair. That's that's what it is. That's fair that we can sit here and say, you know what? We don't like a film. Yeah. Because we make the podcast... And no one pays us, so we, <laughs> so we can do whatever we, we want. Yeah, shit nipples. I uh, said it. No one else was going to. Um, and yeah, I don't really have much else to say about no, that's, it. That's that's really it. For the first time, we picked something Frank that we didn't Zach like. Had a civil conversation. Yes, right. But you know what? Thank you guys for listening. Uh, I know this isn't really like a movie that we're going to recommend, but thank you for listening. It, 
Uh, <laughs> just leave it at that, Frank. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I personally wouldn't recommend it, but mm-hmm. you might enjoy it. Yes. Because I was looking at reviews and there are 10 out of 10, 9 still, out of 10. It so still many gets like fucking movie. at least 75%. Yeah. So this movie, uh, there's, there is a, 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 a movement of people that absolutely stand by this film. So mm-hmm. it could be a film for you. It could very much be. But for me, it just wasn't. And for me, it was not. No. So, uh, so, Zach, take us out. All right. Guys, thank you for listening. Frank, roll them credits.